Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking Amazon. Brandon, have you heard of them? Uh, it sounds, it rings a bell. It rings a bell. <laughs> it does. In this week's episode, we actually have an Amazon expert, uh, someone who understands the behind the scenes aspects of Amazon and how to get your products sold. Uh, we've got Gabe Ray on the show. What's up, man? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Okay, so Gabe, you're with uh, you're Evolve. with Evolve Commerce. Yes, Evolve Commerce. And what do you do for Evolve Commerce? So I'm the chief operating officer. Yeah, I've been with the company, one of the partners as well. So from the beginning, basically That's awesome. created everything. Cool. Uh, I'm excited to get into Amazon. We've never had an episode about Amazon uh, before, really. I mean, we've talked about Amazon as a company, as this behemoth giant in the tech space, but never really as a product focused like optimization search engine, really, right? Uh, so we're gonna dive into Amazon. Let's get started. All right, Gabe, so uh, with Amazon here, well, before we get into Amazon, I wanna talk about uh, Evolve Commerce just a little bit. Uh, Perfect. Would you mind just taking a few minutes and going through where where the idea came from? Why you felt like there was a hole in the, or you needed to fill a fill a gap in in that industry, and where your expertise came from? Right. Perfect. So back in 2012, uh, myself and a couple friends were all working in the SEO world. So search engine optimization. We all worked for different large agencies doing different things. Whether Which that, agencies were those? So I, myself, I was at Boostability as a project manager, yeah. uh, overseeing one of their largest partners, basically implementing processes, helping to get things rolling so that we could manage thousands of accounts um, on a small SEO scale. My other partner, uh, Mattson Tolman, was over at SEO.com. Uh, he basically ran their whole sales team, had similar experience in being able to implement processes, knew the SEO world really well. Did he leave SEO.com in 2012? No, so he had left previously and, oh, and started another venture. Um, <laughs> it sounded like he left uh, with pretty good timing, considering what he happened did. to SEO.com. <laughs> yeah, he did. I was wondering yeah. if they were still around. Or no, they are. They're, they're still, still around. Yeah. They're just very, very small. Very you small. got a handful of sales guys, and that's about it, from what I understand. But um, but who cares? That's not what we're talking about. Right? <laughs> Amazon. No, no. We, uh, so, yeah, he left and started a different, uh, a different venture where he actually did some kind of data analytics software that he and some other people built. Um, and I'd tell you the name, but I can't remember. And it that's okay. I don't care. Fell about flat that on any. its face shortly thereafter. Uh, so how many partners are there? So there's three of us. Okay. And the third one, he was also from an agency. And the third one was actually working in the e-commerce space for uh, Orson Gigi's up in Salt Lake. Their big oh, yeah. kitchen I know store. Orson you know them? Yeah. I've been there a couple of times. My wife spends lots of money there. Yeah. I uh, actually. Well, who cares? I was going to say I bought some sugar pellets <laughs> there for something, but who cares? Keep going. Yeah, so he, he was running all their e-commerce, helped them build a website, basically launched their whole e-commerce platform, which grew very quickly. I just uh, know him from that one billboard right, right. at 33rd South on, in Salt Lake on the yep. I-15. It North just went Mount. digital. By, Did it? Yeah. They only paid for half of it. It's a billboard. The other half will be digital next year. That's hilarious. I only know because he's actually married to the daughter of the guy who started it. Well, owns it now. Okay, so his father-in-law right. is the owner of Orson Gigi. Correct. Okay, cool. Yeah, so anyways... So yeah, you had him from the e-commerce world, uh, myself and Mattson were kind of in the SEO space, uh, basically got together because we all have similar interests outside of work, fishing, hunting, all that fun redneck stuff, um, but decided that, hey, we should, we should do something. We, we noticed that Amazon, there was a huge, huge opportunity to sell products, uh, and we noticed that very much like Google and all these other search engines, there was just an algorithm that you had to learn, and if you could manipulate that algorithm in a certain way, you get your products to rank just like a website needs to rank. And I so, love that you use the word manipulate. Right. Because <laughs> uh, it's, not, it's not about following the rules. It's right. about finding the loopholes. Exactly. Uh, okay, so that's Amazon. And, and, and this is in 2012. So Evolve, Com uh, Evolve Commerce has been around since 2012. Correct. Okay, dang. That's, that's kind of a long time, actually. Yeah, it's, it's actually one thing we pride ourselves on, just the fact we've been around for so long. And, and as we get into this, maybe we'll talk a little bit about how We've had several kind of stepchildren, if you call them, of companies that have kind of broken off from us or have learned things from us and tried to get started. Like like ex-employees who left trying yeah, to start their own ex -employees thing? Yeah, ex-employees or former clients who were like, wait, we can do this. Yeah, we don't uh, need you. 
Right. And, and then, and they just can't, they start a business or start an agency and, yeah. and within six months to a year, they disappear. Yeah. yeah. Again, because they're not manipulating things the right way or, or they don't know the rules. They just thought it looked a lot easier because of the way we were able to perform for them. <laughs> I, right? I can't get over the, how you're, you're, I mean, you're really latching onto this manipulate thing. Yeah. We'll use so, that word. Uh, we'll use that word. Is that how you sell your clients? You're like, hey, man, you're just not manipulating Amazon the right way. We, we typically say, like, fill in the gaps of the algorithm or uh, fill in the blanks. That's, but yeah, manipulate that's, can that's, be many things. Right. I type my keyboard, it manipulates what happens on right, the Right, it doesn't screen. have to be a negative. So, okay, so you, you're not taking it as a negative connotation when he says manipulate? Not necessarily. What about when people say they manipulate the, the, the Google algorithm? Manipulate Google algorithm. Wouldn't you automatically assume that that's some black hat tactics? Yeah, but that's the guy I want to hire. Because <laughs> I, everyone just wants manipulation. Holy cow. Okay. This, yeah. this is turning out to be a pretty good episode. <laughs> right. uh, it's always better when you have people who disagree on things. Okay. So Amazon, this is huge because you guys started in 2012, but it wasn't until 2015 to 2018 that Amazon, from a product perspective, started getting more searches than Google themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so uh, uh, is that what you guys saw? Was that like the, you were like, holy cow, there's a huge opportunity here. Amazon is still kind of in its infancy in 2012. Uh, have you seen similar growth in your business as Amazon has shown growth in its product search volume? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, as the market's gotten bigger, there's become more opportunities for us to, to you know, target more and more people. Uh, I mean, even when we got started, we didn't even realize there were so many opportunities for other businesses to sell. We, we looked at it as, you know, what you see a lot of people doing, just buying stuff at a thrift store and reselling it or buying products wholesale from some distributor and then going out and reselling those products on the channel. When in reality, what we saw and what we basically where we got our start is we went to China and said, all right, let's buy products. We'll create our own private label brands and let's just start selling on Amazon because we understand algorithms. We know how to manipulate the algorithm and get things to work in our in our favor and so we just said all right let's throw some money at this let's try a few products and let's see what happens so that's how it started was you guys were planning on selling right on amazon and figuring out and then as you as you learn you're like we don't need to sell the products we can just sell the services exactly yeah after you know a few bumps and bruises and ordering good products and bad products from china things that came great and other things that were broken and yeah. couldn't even sell we kind of realized hey let's take this to the market. And, and actually people came to us first. There was local companies, um, you know, here in Utah County that came and said, Hey, we know we've heard about you guys. We know you guys are doing well on Amazon. Is there any way you can come help us figure this out? And, and that kind of sparked the light bulb, right? Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, we can go play kind of with their money and figure these things out, you know, for them and be consultants instead of kind of risking a lot of our own money. Um, and obviously at that point we weren't necessarily risking things cause we knew what we were doing. We were able to, you know, put processes in place, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, we, we basically got our start kind of by accident, if you will. Okay. Uh, so you've got three founders, partners, are they all still in it? Yeah. They're still all, all. Okay. How big is the company? How many employees do you have? So we currently have 18 employees. Okay. Uh, That's a good yeah. amount. And, uh, I mean like how, how are you, how do you measure your success each year? Is it, is it by revenue? Is it like, wh how, what kind of goals are you guys setting each year to? Yeah. I mean, honestly for us, the way we, we consider ourselves successful year after year is, yeah. I mean, we want to see revenue growth. Obviously any business is trying to grow. Uh, for us, we're focusing on just being efficient within, and what that means for us is can we grow our profitability? Can we still be successful and give our clients the highest level of service that they deserve? but kind of create processes and implement these strategies in a way that allows us to save money on the back end. Um, you know, so still doing everything that we promise our clients, but being able to do that in an efficient way without having to charge them more money. Yeah. Uh, this is slightly unrelated to Amazon and more related to kind of your business as a whole. Are you guys looking to exit? Like what's the, what's the future of Evolve Commerce? Yeah. It's funny you ask, cause we actually just this week, we've had two different people offer us wanting to start learning about our business more so that they could offer, you know, to purchase us. Yeah. Is that something you're interested in? I'll be honest, in? when we started, that was the strategy. It was, you know, three to five years, let's be done with this and let's move on and try something else. Yeah. As we've gotten deeper into it and really built this thing, we're like, we actually love what we do every day. I mean, we, we look at each other and we are excited to be at work. We love being in the office because um, we've created kind of an atmosphere where we have a lot of fun. We get a lot done. Uh, but it's just amazing because like you said, Amazon is massive. And so every day is kind of a new adventure. You know, one day 
we're doing marketing for like nursing bras the next day it's you know nike shoes um or we've even done consulting work for you know vehicles and things like that and so every day is just a little bit different and you get to kind of put on a different marketing hat and you get to try new things every day and so yeah i mean obviously you know everybody's got a walk away price i think but for yeah. us that number just keeps getting bigger and bigger because it's we're having too much fun yeah yeah once it gets to the point where you don't have to go on to the next thing that's when you know it's the right amount right okay so that's evolve commerce that's cool that's a cool history i imagine you guys will be around for a little bit longer unless unless that price tag is just right right uh let's let's get into amazon so we've talked about amazon being this this huge i mean it's 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 one of the biggest companies in the world right and uh and there are millions of people who are using amazon every single day purchasing products specifically to get shipped to their home uh amazon is is the company that's purchasing a ton of other companies they just bought whole foods was that last year uh, two years ago three years ago yeah three years ago that was insane uh and it's like what is what's that about right <laughs> anyway so amazon is huge so here's 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 my intro question to getting into like the the weeds because i've got some some weird things that I want to talk about with Amazon. Uh, in what scenario are people should be like, the question is to be on Amazon or not to be on Amazon. Right? So right. if I have a product, is it, should I always be on Amazon or are there times where you're like, no, that product's not, not right. Like if, uh, so as, as I'm trying to put my, my listener cap on, if someone's listening right now and they're like, well, I've got a product and I'm not necessarily on, on Amazon what questions should they be asking to determine whether or not Amazon is a viable channel for them? Uh, do you like making money? <laughs> so that's honest. it then. Yeah. So I you mean, think anyone with a product should be on Amazon? Yeah. I mean, honestly, any product. So there's obviously some products that just don't qualify. Those like products what? could be hazardous material products or for example, right now, something that's really big in the market is like hemp oil, CBD type stuff. There's certain things that they just don't allow because there's rules and regulations. But to me, anything that is allowed to be on Amazon should be on Amazon, meaning if you have a business and we're happy to sit down and verify that your product's legal and it's allowed to be sold, is you that should part be of selling a free on Amazon. Consult? Yeah, we're, yeah, we do audits and we do free consults okay. for anybody. Uh, but the idea behind that is what's amazing about Amazon is you get instant access to hundreds of millions of people, right? I mean, the, the number of visitors to their website on a daily basis is unreal. And so if you're a small mom and pop shop or if you're a large organization, you're paying for the access to all those people. And so, for example, if you're here, you know, in Utah County and you've got some small product, which we've dealt with a handful of, you know, Kickstarter type companies or small companies who were just trying to get started. Paying for advertising and everything else that you can get on Amazon is, to be honest, relatively inexpensive compared to what you would do to run like Facebook ads or Instagram ads or anything like that. I mean, you're paying pennies on the dollar for advertising space on Amazon right now. Um, and it was even crazier, you know, back in 2012 and even up until the last year or so, it was, it was unheard of. I mean, when we would talk to clients and say, you know, hey, we're going to ask you for a small marketing budget. And some people were like, okay, you know, five, ten thousand $10,000 a month, what do you need? And we're like, no, like $500 a month is all we can really, like it was hard to even spend $500. We were bidding on keywords that we had no business bidding on mm -hmm. just to try and get placement, trying to get more real estate on the page. Um, because we were just trying, it was there, it was available and it was easy. But it's harder now. It's gotten a lot harder. I mean, Amazon advertising in the news lately has grown. It's, it's their main focus. It's their big push. They're trying to grow that to compete against Google and all these other big advertisers that are out there. So how, how sorry, how does, how does their ad platform differ from Google's? I, I mean, not necessarily from the UI, but from like, strategy yeah so uh, as far as amazon's concerned i mean your products and it's grown like i said over the last several years and develop or sorry it's changed dramatically over the last several years um but you're you're going and targeting a specific product you're trying to drive people to a page that your products sold on correct mm -hmm. and so the way it differs from like google or even i mean facebook and instagram are kind of getting into that world now where you can there's the shop now buttons and things like that you're targeting a specific product with a specific keyword similar to what you would do on google to driving traffic to a page or a website but you're trying to get that person to go directly to your product and purchase it and so when we run ads, we're trying to go after what, what we consider kind of passive search. Uh, you know, in the, in the search world, there's active search. Those are people who understand, they know your brand. 
they saw, you know, they saw an Instagram post, they saw a commercial on TV, they heard you on a radio or a podcast or whatever it might yeah. be. And so they go to, they go jump on their laptop or get on their computer or even more so nowadays on their phone. And they do a quick search for that brand name. Those people, they kind of already know what they want. They know what they're searching for. Well, where we really specialize in what we target is that kind of passive search, basically the window shopper, the person who's shopping and they know they want something. They're just not really sure what yet. Mm -hmm. They're ready to spend some money. And so they're out there just browsing. Yeah. Those are the people we go after and target with those types of keywords, things we call like long tail keywords. You know, some of those buzzwords you probably hear in the SEO world, people that are just trying to find something. That's what we want to go after. Cool. So with, um, with the SEO side or in keywords that you're talking about, does, do you use, so I just, obviously as, as, I mean, we all have SEO backgrounds. So tools where we can see search volume for certain keywords are super valuable. Are there, are there comparative things for the Amazon world? I mean, I did a quick search and it looks like there's Chrome extensions. It looks like there's some websites that require me to sign up, but do you personally use any, or are there any favorite tools that you like to use to gauge that kind of data? Yeah. I mean, Amazon's very protective of their data and they mm -hmm. don't provide any sort of search data. So are these like made up well, data so, then that some of these people are selling? So a lot of what they're doing is they're actually just building, they've built their own algorithms. And what they do mm -hmm. is every product on Amazon has what they call a best sellers rank. It's basically they take all the categories where they put products in and they rank things from one to about 5 million before they quit categorizing the products. And so what, what a lot of these products or these services do that give you kind of keyword value is they there's certain data they can pull from Amazon's API that you mm -hmm. can actually get access to that allows you to understand like sales velocities and things like that for certain products. And so what a lot of these tools out there, like the ones you're looking at now, Merchant Words, Sonar, uh, there's another one out there called Helium 10 that we've used a lot. What they do is they take that best sellers rank and then they kind of give their best estimate on traffic based on, well, we know that this unit moves a thousand units a month, mm -hmm. which means it's, and it's converting at like a 3%. So it's probably getting X number of searches. And so they give you that type of data. Um, it, from what we kind of understand, because we've actually dabbled and tried to build some tools and we've done some internal stuff ourselves, especially back in when we got, first got started and a lot of this stuff didn't exist. Um, that's kind of the way that we built it. And that's the way we understand all these other ones have been built based on our kind of strategy and what we've used them for. You mentioned, like, are you able, like, can I see what, how a certain product converts on Amazon? Like, is that data you that, mentioned like, oh, this product converts at 3%. Like, how do they grab that information? So what a lot of people are doing is they will load up a store with, because anybody can sell anything on uh -huh. Amazon, right? So even though I don't own, you know, Nike or whatever, I can list a Nike product for sale uh -huh. and then I can be tracking certain data on that uh, product. And so what they'll do is they'll load up a store with, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of products, and then they'll track searches or not searches, but impressions and page views and compare that mm. against what they see conversion rates at. And that's kind of how a lot of these tools are built. They're so basically essentially just, you have to like pretend to be a store owner or whatnot right. to get some sort of like impression. That's one of those data. Amazon hacks. Exactly. Yeah. That was one of the, I don't know if we want to get to that yet. Jacob and I were talking this morning about just Amazon type stuff. And you know, the two big badges we see are bestseller right. and then Amazon's choice. Right. And, uh, I, I remember reading a little bit about Amazon's choice, but then I wonder, well, what is the difference between the two and how does that affect, I, yeah. mean, I guess really from a marketer standpoint, how do you get the coveted? I mean, is that Amazon's your goal with choice? your clients is you're like, we're, we're aiming to try and get Amazon's choice badge on our clients products. Yeah. Yes. And no. And the, re the reason I say no is it's a little misleading. Those badges are there because they make us feel good. Right. We get a warm fuzzy when we see them. The reality is those are all based off of whatever search term you put in. And so I could put some really like long tailed or really just skewy keyword in. Mm -hmm. And there's always almost always going to be an Amazon's choice because all they're saying is this is our choice for that search term you put in. So if I put in a very specific search term, like the brand name of my client's product, I better win Amazon's choice, right? Because if I'm not, that means my competitors are kicking my butt. And so are there instances where that happens? There can be. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely instances where, and that those are the type of people we go to all the time and say, look, just do a quick search for your brand. And you'll notice that your competitor owns your brand space right now, whether that's through advertising or yeah, they have your Amazon choice or bestseller tag. Okay. So the, so the Amazon's choice is, I mean, you optimize to get that. 
Meaning there are specific keywords that you're targeting. Right. And then you optimize, is it the, is it the product page itself that is optimized specifically for that keyword? So if that keyword is used, the Amazon choice badge shows up. It has nothing to do with Amazon endorsing this product because it has a number of reviews or a number of page views or a number of solds or whatever. Yeah, I mean, all of that goes into play, but yeah, the majority of what it is is they're saying, okay, most people who search for this search term clicked on this product and converted it into a sale, meaning this product was is their choice because what you have to realize is Amazon makes money every time something sells on their channel, right? Right. Every time there's a purchase, they get some sort of referral commission anywhere from like 6% up to 45%. And so they're throwing this out. They're saying, yeah, this is our choice for the keyword you typed in because it's probably the highest converting product for that search term. Right. So they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to increase the odds at which someone purchases so that they can exactly. make money off of it. Yeah. Okay, so they're they're uh, they're manipulating themselves, is what you're saying. <laughs> In a way, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're promoting themselves to say, yeah, pick this. Okay, well, so and they're not open about. I'm like doing some quick research. It sounds like Amazon's not 100% transparent on how Amazon's choice is given, but there's a lot of theories of like. So that's kind of like Google this. algorithm stuff where but, they're very right. secretive yeah, about how. But two of them are, are. One of them is it's available to ship quickly via Prime, which right. I have noticed that's always a thing. And then shipped by Amazon itself. If I understand correctly, and I guess this is a thing with clients, uh, you could ship it directly from my house, or Amazon has distribution centers throughout the U.S. Is Which is faster. Goal, and is that what you recommend to your clients? Like we've got to get your products in an Amazon shipping center to go out. Otherwise, it's it it's, can't it, be Prime, right? Yeah, I, 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 assume. I guess it could. I don't like, know. Is that an uphill yeah. battle to where it's like people got to have it where it's shipped? from Amazon. I'm not sure if that plays or not in. Yeah. So what, what we see is that anybody who's using what they call it fulfillment by Amazon or FBA, it, what they're doing is just what, just what you said. They're shipping their products into an Amazon distribution center. And then Amazon then picks packs and ships that product to the end customer. That's one way that you're able to get that prime badge. Mm-hmm. They actually just within the last few years released a new program called seller fulfilled prime which allows me as a manufacturer or distributor, if I have a warehouse and I have the distribution capabilities to be able to ship a product out basically same day and get it to the end customer within two days, I can actually qualify and get a prime badge without having to ship my products into an Amazon distribution center. Mm. How do you, how do you qualify for that? I mean, how do you prove or validate that you have those capabilities? Yeah. So they actually just have a 90 day trial period. So you sign up, you say, I'm, I want to try this. And you can actually set uh, geographical boundaries. So, for example, we did it with a client yeah, here sense. in Utah County, and they said, well, if anybody's here basically in the West, we can get it to them in two days. But if, like, somebody in Florida orders a product, there's no way we can afford to ship it basically overnight it and still make money. So Amazon knows this person's in Florida. Don't show the Prime badge. Exactly, yeah. Their system will just show them it's merchant fulfilled is what they call it, basically meaning it'll say ships from and sold by you know, customer X or client. Y Do you have statistics on how often people are filtering out non-prime products? Not on filtering it out, but what we've seen in our experience is that a product that is prime eligible or has the prime badge on it sells about 30% faster than a product that's not. And I'm surprised it's not higher. Me as, if it doesn't have a prime badge, I'm like, mm, pass. Right. <laughs> exactly. Most people won't even look at it. Uh, and the reality is with things like Amazon's choice and bestsellers tags and things like that. Now I would imagine it's probably higher to be honest. When we pulled that data it was probably three years ago. Hmm. It was the last time we really did a, yeah. a, a kind of a large scale test. It's hmm. interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's, here's what I want to do. I want to spend a little bit of time kind of doing a mock, uh, walkthrough of, of like, if I'm a client and I come to you or a potential client and I say, Hey, listen, I'm selling gym towels. Uh, I want you to help me sell these more. Uh, you had mentioned earlier that you do an audit. I don't know what that means. So I'd love to hear what an audit looks like, whether it's of their website or their product of, of their scalability, sellability, whatever it is. And then, and then the process to which you go through to optimize their product page. Like as an example, if I, if I make the, the analogy, well, if I, if I compare it to SEO, right. Google has come out and said there are over 200 factors that go into ranking a specific page for a specific keyword. And they don't tell you what the 200 are and they don't tell you uh, which ones are the most important. Right. Uh, But through trial and error and through the community, people have a very good understanding that link building is at the top, right? On-page optimization, uh, content, 
uh, social signals, right? So we know what those things are in SEO. I'd like you to kind of outline what those things are in Amazon. I don't know. I don't know if I just like spit too much out at you, but remember, yeah. I've got I've got gym towels, okay. right? I've got 15 different colors of gym towels. Awesome. With my logo stuck on it. What What's the process from start to finish uh, for you coming in and saying, this is what we'll offer you? Yeah. So like you said, the, the very first thing we do with any client is we basically give them kind of an outlook of what the landscape is on Amazon. So we would say, okay, gym towels, let's sit down and let's just look at how competitive of a space that is. Uh, competitive meaning here's how many sellers there are, here's right. how many different types there are, here are the popular ones or whatever, and here's where you would likely fall. Right, exactly. That audit is more so just like a competitive landscape of, okay, if I look up competitive, or sorry, if I look up gym towels on Amazon, it's going to say, okay, there's 40,000 results for that keyword, meaning you are competing essentially against 40,000 other sellers yep. or listings that are on Amazon. But then we might get more specific and say, okay, but what, what's special about your towel? Is it microfiber? Is it, does it have some antimicrobial properties to it? So what makes it different and special so that we can kind of narrow down the target market? Because obviously, yes, we want to rank for something like gym towels, but yeah. that's probably not going to happen right out the gate, right? Just like in the SEO world, People so is the age say, of your product page a factor? So if you're does, new to the market, yeah. you're, you're not likely to get there, but if you've got some age behind it, it's yeah, a little, history kind of history and traction on the, on the market. Makes sense. You don't have any reviews place. yet. You don't exactly. have any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, just like in the Google space, there's hundreds of factors that go into ranking a product on Amazon and, and many of them are the exact same, which is why it was such an easy transition to go from kind of the SEO space into yeah, that makes product sense. marketing. Quick, quick question. This one, uh, we're talking about ranking on, on the Amazon. Do you call it a SERP on Amazon? I mean, is yeah. it a search engine results page? Yeah. Okay. So I've noticed that the Amazon's choice, the best seller, can be different than the first position, right? Yeah. So the first position could be neither. Exactly. It could be a product. So what's the difference when you're talking about optimizing for search or for position? Are you optimizing for Amazon choice? Are you optimizing for bestseller? Are you optimizing for position one? Like what's the strategy there? So for us, we're always optimizing for position. So uh, for position one, period. Exactly. Okay. I mean, for the most part, always the first two listings are going to be sponsored ads, just like you see in any sort yep. of Google. Yep search results or whatever, but we're always trying to get within that top. Uh, there's a statistic out there that says about 97% of clicks happen on the first page. And of those 97%, about 50% are the top three products. So typically it's one of the first two sponsored ads. And then if you're that first or second organic ranking, you're basically getting half of the traffic. How many, so, how many uh, listings are on the first page? So it varies by category and it also varies by the way you search on Amazon. So it's, it's usually anywhere from like 10 to there's some that have upwards of like 16 to 18 products. Okay. okay. But yeah, the, it's, I mean, it's so just you're going like for top three. Yep. You're right. Yeah. We're trying to get in that top three above the fold, right? Yep. Not below the fold. Yep. <laughs> no, I, I, I got you. I'm following. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the idea is that people just don't want to have to scroll down or especially when people are on there, they're ready to shop because they know what they want they're going to click on the first few. They might do a little bit of research. Like you said, they'll look at things like reviews. They'll look at sales, um, velocity a little bit, just understanding like what's the price point. Does that fit where I want to pay? You yeah. know, what I want to pay, is it prime eligible or am I going to have to wait? You know, heaven forbid we have to wait three days to get a product nowadays, right? If it's not overnight or 30 minutes we're we're upset. Yeah, no, um, that's true. And so, yeah, to, to get back into like the gym towels, right? So what we're looking at is, all those different factors we're trying to see okay what are the top competitors doing how many reviews do they have uh, we have some tools that'll help us look at like keyword search volume but also allow us to see what's the potential revenue that these products are doing based on that best sellers rank again we're able to kind of estimate and say well this product's probably doing fifty thousand dollars a month per SKU, or it's a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is to kind of give the client an idea of here's the here's the potential right uh, obviously setting the expectation that it's going to take time yeah. just like it takes time to rank a website or whatever. It, it's going to be a little bit of time, but that's the end goal is let's try and push this product and get it to be there. If we can overtake those people in the top, you know, five results or whatever, here's the potential revenue you can make with this product. Uh, and so from there, we then implement a strategy that's essentially fourfold. The idea is first and foremost, we've got to drive traffic to a page. Uh, if we can get eyes on the product, Amazon loves to see that. 
they want to see traffic, right? Their so whole, is, that, is that traffic from Amazon search or from like Google or from affiliates? I mean, does it matter? It, both. I mean, we want Amazon loves outside sources of traffic to them. I mean, think of the idea of like somebody walking through the mall. They're trying to pull as many people out of that main hallway as they can. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so it's the same idea with Amazon. They love stealing traffic from, you know, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Google, wherever they can get it they're happy to take that. And that in our experience, that traffic actually holds a little more weight than somebody who's already on the Amazon platform and is just shopping. If you can steal somebody from like a Google search and convert that into a sale, you know, you get a few extra bonus points in the algorithm, right? Um, so the idea is we run ads, we, we run, you know, we encourage our clients to run social media plat uh, promotions and do other things to let people know, Hey, we're launching on Amazon or Hey, we're running a sale on Amazon. Because if we can get even just the traffic, right, it doesn't necessarily have to convert into sales. That's the ideal is that they come and they buy something. But if we can just get lots of page views, it, it starts to kind of raise a flag at Amazon that says, hey, this product's popular. It's getting attention. Let's start to move it up the rankings a little bit. And so when we start to keep it easy, let's say there's 100 products in a category that we're trying to compete against. Our goal is not to get to number one overnight. It's to beat number 99. And then the next day it's let's beat number 98 or let's get up yeah. to 70. So, so I'm your client with, with gym towels. Right. I'm like, Hey man, how long is it going to take to get me to position one? What, how do you manage my expectations? Yeah. So what we'll do is set the expectations based off of keywords. Um, for the keyword gym towel, I'd be very upfront with you and say, it's probably going to be, you know, six to eight months before we really start to see some good traction because that's going to be their most competitive keyword. And that's what everybody's probably targeting. And so what we typically will do is outline for them, here's what the next basically three months will look like. We want to basically create a really good foundation, establish everything based off of a certain set of keywords. Uh, Amazon used to allow you to target as many keywords as you want in the back end. There was, there was actually a section where you can type in the search terms you, you want to qualify for. Kind of like the keyword meta tag. Exactly. They, they used to allow you to just put in as much as you want and stuff that all you could. They've actually now shortened it down to where they only allow you to do about a thousand what they call bytes of data, um, which roughly is a thousand characters uh, thinking for certain characters that are worth more than one byte. Um, but but essentially you get like a thousand characters that you can go try and go target. And so the idea is let's figure out it's kind of a lot. Yeah, it's still actually quite significant. Um, but what's interesting is now we've got to go in and target. Okay. What are our top keywords that we want to go after? And so we'll enter that data into like the metadata or their search terms. We'll go in and we'll look at titles, bullet points, descriptions. And this and is we'll all on the product page. Correct. Yeah. We'll just strategically place those keywords where we want them. Uh, Amazon's very picky. They don't like to see keyword stuffing. They don't want to see people these. do it though. They do. And there's, does it work? It used to. Uh, now what they actually are penalizing a lot of people, you'll see listings either getting suspended or listings getting shut down. Um, I mean, back in the day, you would see t products with titles that were like paragraphs, right? Yeah. Because if it was I a phone. I still see those sometimes. Right. You, you search for like a phone case and they've got every model of the iPhone mm -hmm. or every Samsung, Droid, whatever is out yep. there. Yep. Um, the reality is they, they will now shut that down or they'll suspend that listing just because it looks bad. It's not a good consumer experience. And, and that's really what Amazon preaches is they're all about the consumer. Yeah. What about price? Do you consult on price? So I say, hey, I've got this gym towel is 20 bucks. Are you, do you go out in the market and say 20 bucks is too much, man? You got to lower that. We do. So we actually build out a profit matrix for each client. And what we do is we outline, here's all of the fees that are associated with selling on Amazon. So whether that's a referral fee, if you're using the fulfillment by Amazon model, we'll, we'll show you what those fees look like for your product because those fees are based off of weight dimensions and all that. We'll basically outline that and say, okay, here's your towel plug in your cost of goods and it'll kick out your end margin. It'll tell you what you're going to make mm -hmm. both from a dollar value as well as a percentage point. And then from there we'll say, if you're willing or if you're capable, kind of here's where the market is dictating the price should be. If you want to be kind of a low cost leader, this is kind of a recommended price. If you want to be somewhere in the middle of the pack, here's probably where you should be. Or if you want to be known as kind of a luxury brand, or if, if you are a luxury brand, Oh, I'm we, definitely a luxury brand right. with my gym towels. And then at that point, we would say, <laughs> we're, we're great with it. Here's your competitors, right? Again, that all goes into kind of that market research that we'll do to figure out where do we want to try and, you know, stick you in, in this massive Do you test space. pricing? We do. Yeah, we'll play with pricing all the time. Um, 
Amazon has different repricing tools that you can use. But a lot of times, yeah, we'll just say, here's a really good price point and let's play with it. Um, do okay. they allow you to like put a range and then have them figure out the price? So they do if you're competing with other people. Uh, so if I'm selling a product that there's multiple people selling the same product, you can actually put in a price range and say, here's my price floor, here's my price ceiling. And then Amazon will automatically bid for you based gotcha. on the placement. Gotcha. Okay. Is there, um, with, is there off? So there's a lot of on-page stuff that you do, right? On-page optimization, keywords, whatnot. Uh, what about off-page? It's like link building, for example. Is it wise to build links to your Amazon listing? Definitely. Yeah. Again, it's and is that it's something that, that you offer as a service. So we don't, uh, but d we definitely encourage our clients to promote any sort of outside sources of traffic. Again, if you can get people coming from outside of Amazon into that atmosphere, then they love that. Gotcha. Um, well, so another question is like one company, have you ever heard of a better body foods? Yeah. Um, so for like they sell their, all the different products on their website, they have their own shopping cart and everything, but then they also sell on Amazon. So what do you recommend to a client who comes and says, yeah, we have, we have Amazon products, but we also have our main website. Some of them, they'll have a main website, but then they'll either have options or they force people to go to Amazon. Right. What do you recommend to those companies if they're asking, like, should we add an option where it's like buy on Amazon instead? We're like, would you have like an opinion on? I mean, don't you lose money if, if you sell well, it I on Amazon? I guess that's a follow-up question is how much are these companies paying to sell on Amazon? Right. Yeah. So if you're looking at it from a, a pure just end margin or profitability standpoint, it is almost always going to be better to sell it on your own website. Right. Right. Cause you're not, you're not paying Amazon a referral commission and the other fees that are associated with fulfillment. Um, and so yes, you'll be a little bit more profitable, but again, what you're paying for when you go to Amazon is you're paying for access to all the traffic, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the millions upon millions of searches that happen every day. So yeah, this is a question we get all the time with our clients because they're scared that they're going to cannibalize their online sales from like their website or, yeah. or wherever else it may be. The way we we kind of explain that to them is again, you're you're getting access to Amazon, and it's not only an offensive move of let's go get access to all these people and let's be there so that we can be in front of them, but it's likely your competitors will be there. Right. It's also somewhat defensive in that if you're not selling it, I bet one of your distributors starts selling your product, or one of your competitors may buy your product and throw your listing up, and then they now have the right to your content, so they can put bullet points descriptions or they may even start selling it at a lower price or something or jacking the price up, whatever it is. Um, and so especially this last year, Amazon has really implemented a lot of things with like brand protection. I was just going to say, if someone decides, no, I'm not going to do that, but then a bunch of other people start doing it, can they come into the space and take control of their own brand? They can. Yes. So that's, that's what we actually promote for a lot of our clients is let us come help you control kind of the chaos that is Amazon. Uh, they have programs, one's called Brand Registry, where you as the brand owner basically submit, whether it's a patent or a trademark, uh, to Amazon showing that, hey, I own this brand I'm, or I own this trademark. And then they give you certain rights to kind of defend yourself. Uh, even just this week, they released a new program that's called Project Zero, mm -hmm. which is basically Amazon's way of trying to get zero like counterfeits and knockoffs on the marketplace because that's become a huge problem in the last few years. And so they're basically now giving even more authority to brand owners, people who have brand registry to now submit and say, let's say, Shut for example, guys down. yeah, for example, I'm selling gym towels and some guy jumps on and starts selling on my listing, but it's, it's not exactly my product or it's some knockoff cheaper version. I can actually just submit his name to Amazon and they'll just kick him off right away. It used to be a very long process. And now mm -hmm. with this new program, at least everything they're telling us right now is that it's going to be like a click of a button. That person's gone. Okay. I want to take this in a slightly different direction. Uh, I want to talk about reviews for a little while. Okay. Cause reviews, uh, I think a lot of people trust them right. and a lot of the times they're not real. Okay. So, um, I, I, I'm not exactly sure the direction I want to go. I've got some notes here, uh, with, with how some review stuff is going, but when you talk about manipulate or, uh, kind of some black hat Amazon tactics, I imagine reviews are a big part of that. Yeah, they're massive. Uh, in like October of, I think it was 2016, there was a huge change in the marketplace. Prior to that, you could basically do whatever you wanted to get reviews. People were handing out free products in exchange for reviews. They were reimbursing people saying, 
buy this product. And a lot of it was kind of going through third kind of third party marketplaces or third party websites where you could list your products and offer a huge discount, give that discount to somebody. And then in exchange for that discount code or that coupon or whatever it might've been, they actually had to, they were forced to leave a review. What happened was the, the federal government actually jumped in and said, no, this is illegal. This can't happen. And overnight, like millions of reviews disappeared off of Amazon and people went crazy, right? People who had hundreds or thousands of reviews on their product, albeit maybe they didn't even know they were fake. They disappeared and rankings tanked and revenue was lost and people were just going crazy. So it was the penguin of Amazon. Exactly. Yeah. It was like a penguin update. Since then, they've actually done several more things to update that. And even just this last few weeks, we've seen, um, we've seen a lot of different changes. I was just reading an article on Monday. There was a tech company from overseas that just got sued for like $12.9 million uh, because they generated like 500 fake reviews overnight on some of their products. And Amazon actually stepped in and said, no, this is illegal. There was a big lawsuit they went through and the company had to file bankruptcy and pay a huge fine. Wow. Uh, and all their products are now banned from Amazon. So, I mean, it sounds like they've, they're cracking down, but from, from what I understand, this is still a significant, huge problem in Amazon. I, I, I was actually just talking to my sister today who is a part of this scheme. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't sell, but she purchases yeah. off of these. So uh, Facebook is a huge place where people go to start groups right. that funnel people around Amazon. And I've got, I've got this, uh, this page up. In fact, I'll, I'll just turn my computer around so you can see it. So these are groups. And I just typed into Facebook free stuff on Amazon for reviews. And there are all these groups. Uh, the top one, free Amazon product without review, free. And then, you, and then you come down here and you've got free on Amazon, free stuff for reviews, free quality products for reviews, get free stuff from Amazon. And, and basically, it's kind of what you were saying. You come in here, they show products on, on their pages, right. and, and then you buy them, and then they reimburse you through like a PayPal in exchange for reviews. Right. So, what you're, so how, how, how can Amazon prevent that from happening? How are they policing that? Yeah, that's the hard thing. And that's why, I mean, it's just like in the SEO space, somebody's always one step ahead, or at least we think we're one step ahead of of the giant, you know, that's policing the marketplace. With those types of things where people are reimbursing off channel, like through PayPal, or they're they're mailing gift cards to somebody or whatever it might be. To be honest, I don't really know how Amazon can police that. But what we do know is that what they're looking at is trends on products. So if if a product has been on the marketplace for a week and all of a sudden it gets a hundred reviews, that's not normal. Like that's not a normal thing on Amazon. It typically takes months to get to that point. Or if it's been on the marketplace for a year and it only generated 10 or 15 reviews and then all of a sudden overnight it starts getting five reviews a day, Amazon will kind of flag that and say, this looks fishy. But aren't there things that people, like if people are doing nothing to solicit reviews and it's just slow and then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, why, why don't we start? So can you solicit reviews? I mean, what, what, what are the policies with Amazon where if I'm getting hardly any and all of a sudden I'm like, I should probably focus on this and I do something legitimate to get reviews. Are you saying that that potentially could trigger a penalty? Not necessarily. Uh, again, we have to use the word solicit carefully, just like we use the word manipulate. Sure. Uh, because if you're, if you're soliciting reviews, like saying, Hey, come leave me a review. Amazon doesn't really love that. Um, especially if you're, if you're somehow incentivizing that review. So saying like, Hey, come leave us a review and we'll give you a discount on your future order or leave us a review and we'll give you a free product or something like that. That type of practice is actually banned by Amazon. So, uh, so what about the first one? Cause I imagine if you, if you don't, if you don't solicit at all, you just send the product out and, and hope and pray that someone leaves a review, you're going to, you're not going to get very many or, or you are, if it's a great product and, and you have great service or whatever. But, but the difference between not asking and asking without any incentive is likely a huge jump in the number of people responding. Definitely, yeah. I mean, in our experience, we see the average product gets about a 1% return rate on reviews if we're not doing anything. Again, it's, because the reality is if you're happy with a product, you usually don't go back and leave That's right. a review. You're That's just exactly happy, right? right? That's the expectation is that I bought it, I should That's be right. happy. That's right. If I'm not happy, then I, yeah, I go scream it from the mountaintops and everybody needs to know that I'm pissed and this product sucks. Yeah, Brandon knows exactly what right? I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we do is there actually are softwares and systems out there that allow you to message these people through the Amazon platform. 
uh, they call them buyer messages. And you guys have probably all got them, whether from Amazon or from another seller. Totally. It basically just says, hey, thanks for your purchase. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, you know, if you have any feedback, click here and come let us know, you know, what you thought. Uh, that type of practice is totally allowed. And what we see is anywhere from like a three to 5% return on those. That's significant. Again, it's, it's a significant change. And some people hear like three to 5% percent. they're like, well, that sucks. It's like, well, but it's way better than one, right? That's right. Yeah. And so if we can triple, if not quadruple the amount of reviews you get just by being successful in the type of messaging that we offer to the client or to the end customer, then that's what we do. And we, we implement that with all of our clients because it's a good way not only to retarget the client later or the customer and say, you know, Hey, thanks for being a, a customer of ours. Check out some of our other products. Cause that's totally allowed as long as you're linking them back to Amazon. So is there anything else you do to solicit reviews besides that? No, other than that, um, nothing you're willing to admit on, on the podcast. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I mean, like we were saying er earlier, <laughs> uh, we try, we, we tiptoe a little bit in like what we would call a gray area. Um, we definitely the avoid experimental any sort of, area. Yeah. We stay away from any sort of black hat, which is why we've been around since 2012 and we're not one of those guys who's jumped in and disappeared within a year or two. Yeah. Um, we try to do things right so that our clients don't get in trouble and so that they recognize that this is a long-term goal to keep you successful on the marketplace. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Do you trust Amazon reviews? So in my experience, because I'm on there every day and I'm reading things, I've, I've kind of learned how to read the reviews and understand what makes sense. If a product has like less than a hundred reviews, I'll, I'll kind of dig in and say, okay, let's read a few of these or let's filter them and let's read some of those three and four star reviews. Cause what mostly happens is people either totally bombard you with five star reviews that are all fake or some competitor jumps in and bombards you with a bunch of one stars that are again fake, they're just trying to downgrade your product. And so I'll usually go read some of those mid tier and just say, these are probably the people that are legitimate and they've actually left some sort of review. Or I'll look for things like images on the reviews or videos reviews, because that's somebody who actually took some time and it probably that's wasn't right. like robotic or computer generated. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I was, if I was put on the, uh, I don't know what they call them, the spam team for Amazon, and I had to detect some of these networks, my, my first, non-dev, not very smart attempt would be to uh, Amazon puts a cookie on the browser and then um, basically tracks them. And then if they can see that, okay, of the 56 reviews, we now look at those 56 cookies. And if we can see a pattern of they all visited this certain URL, this certain Facebook group, we can detect that this is probably some type of scam uh, right review network i don't know if that's and they actually do the they do but funny enough they actually will track like ip addresses and things like that from where those reviews are being left mm. um because obviously we do a lot of shopping we buy a lot of our clients products whether it's because we just want to see it and have it in our hands or we actually you know fall in love with them and we're like hey let's you get don't this. just get them to give you the product you occasionally, go buy it. <laughs> occasionally they will but a lot of times we offer just to buy it um, but what happens is, and also just because we're on Amazon every day, like I can't leave a review on any product on Amazon from my office. If I'm, if I'm, you know, logged in and I'm in my account, I'm actually, it, it's not that I'm necessarily banned, but it just says you're not allowed to leave reviews. Um, mm -hmm. and a lot of that, is that just because of how much time you spend on multiple yeah, products? Yeah, just because I'm always there, I'm bouncing in and out and they're just like, okay, like no one spends 12 hours a day on Amazon. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. not either cheating the so system they're not that smart is what you're saying well they're yeah i mean they know us um yeah. but yeah and and they actually rank their reviewers is another thing um they give credit to certain reviewers and so if you're leaving reviews consistently and you're leaving quality reviews that people have like upvoted or said are helpful they actually give you more kind of i guess clout in the review world on amazon no that makes sense yeah and so what a lot of companies will do is actually target some of these like top quality reviewers um, and they'll invite them to like, Hey, come, we'd love to have you review our product. And so they'll kind of invite them to come buy it. They can't do anything to incentivize them or right. they can't necessarily, they send have to them buy the it. They can't get it for free. Yeah. But they'll just say, Hey, we noticed that you're a top reviewer. We'd love, we'd love your opinion on our product. Yeah. And, and it's kind of become this game for a while. It was fun for me to try and do it. Uh, and I got made fun of cause I'd get like five to 10 packages a day from Amazon. And I was yeah. leaving all these reviews. And again, that's probably why they eventually like said, Hey, you're not allowed to leave reviews anymore because yeah. it got to the point where I just left so many that it wasn't funny anymore. And I only got to like a top 150,000 reviewer 
And that's when I was leaving probably 30, 40 reviews a month. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. I have a question that ties the review segment along with the, 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 uh, what's it called? The optimization. No, not the optimization. What website we're just looking at? Better body foods. Yeah. Well, just the question of like better body. You you mentioned how you got to get on the Amazon market. Otherwise someone else will. So in their case, they have their own website with their own shopping cart and you can buy it directly through them. And then they're also on Amazon. Is that the ideal way or is there a case to be made that they would actually get more sales if on their website they pushed or at least gave the option to go purchase on Amazon? The two reasons I'm thinking are a most like I shouldn't say most people, many people are already set up on Amazon. Their cards already in there. They trust the, uh, we were talking about this morning, the, uh, the return policies and whatnot. Like they feel more comfortable buying the product through there. Plus you have all of the, you kind of have that social validation of the reviews. So right now on better body foods, I'm not really seeing, Oh, they have reviews. I don't trust any of those because I never trust reviews on any platform. It's their website. website. They control it, right? Yeah. They control, they can delete stuff, but um, like, is, do you know of any studies that show like, yeah, you are going to be paying more to Amazon by recommending your website visitors to go purchase, but you're going to see more, or is there no data to back that up as far as you're concerned? Like is better body foods doing it the way you would recommend, or if they were your client today, would you recommend some sort of tweak in how they're utilizing Amazon? Yeah. So what we see is a consumer trend is that if somebody goes to that website, like you talked about the social validation, a lot of times what they will do, if they're not sure about the product, Mm -hmm. they will usually go search it on Amazon and start reading reviews. They'll look at star ratings and they'll, they'll kind of use Amazon as a way to validate the product. Mm. And then what happens more often than not is they're like, well, I'm already here. So let me just check out on Amazon. Right. Cause it's like a one click checkout. Um, plus they, they trust the return policy and all the other stuff that comes along with shopping on Amazon. And so, uh, again, like I said, that's a lot of our clients. At first, that's kind of a concern is like, well, we're going to cannibalize our sales from our website. So, well, you may see a little drop off from your website, but the amount of traffic and increased revenue you'll see from Amazon is going to be drastic. And so it's probably worth maybe a short term loss or a small loss on your website mm-hmm. to be able to see a massive gain on Amazon. What is the cost of like, is it a set cost that Amazon takes? Is it a varying percentage? So again, it depends on the, the way you sell on Amazon. So if you're doing what's considered just merchant fulfilled, mm-hmm. which is basically I'm going to ship it from my own warehouse. I'll send it out to the customer directly. Uh, you're just paying a referral commission. And so what that is, is again, That's access the smallest to the traffic. Fee. Right. And, and it's what's anywhere. That usually, yeah. Well, yeah. What does that look like? It's anywhere from like 6% to if you're selling Amazon accessories. So like a, a case for like a Kindle or something, it's 45%. Um, oh, wow. The average is right around 15%. Which means it's not your product. You're, you're just selling someone else's product. Right. Well, you're selling an accessory to an Amazon. So like if I want to make a cool oh, wrap-on skin oh, right, gotcha. for my Amazon Echo, right. I'm going to be losing 40, 45% of, sell that. of your sale price. That's crazy. So basically don't get in the game of yeah, they're Amazon basically saying, accessories. Yeah, they're saying stay That's out of our way. That's smart for them because they're basically space. like doing what Apple wishes they could do Yeah, and exactly. prevents people from yeah. building third-party Stuff. Yeah. All okay. Right. So we're actually running out of time. There's so much more I want to talk to you about Amazon. Uh, Brandon, uh, have you started getting the roulette table out? Let me okay. pull it out yeah, here. Do that. Here's the last question before we get into roulette. Uh, and, and this, like, this is, it, it could be a long answer, uh, but just kind of bullet point this and make it as concise as possible. What are people doing wrong on Amazon? So when you get on and a client comes on and they're like, Hey, help us. And you go, and it's just like, fingers on a chalkboard you're like oh my gosh i can't believe it's no wonder you're not getting any sales on amazon what are those bullet point items that people are doing wrong yeah i mean the the quick easy answer is one they're not using the proper uh, fulfillment models so they just don't know like what options are available to them they know they need to be on amazon but they're either fulfilling the product out of their own warehouse versus taking advantage of using fba and allowing amazon to basically take all the uh, liability of sales and things like that um they're not filling in all the points of the algorithm. So they'll go in and they'll put a title, a bullet point, a description or something, but they're not keyword targeted. They're not, they don't really understand who their target market is when it comes to Amazon specifically. They're just kind of saying, well, this worked on like our website or this works on our, you know, our social media platforms, 
why do, it should just work on Amazon. And, and for the most part, that's probably true, but there's ways that you can be very specific and target shoppers on Amazon. So uh, you're saying basically if, if you, if you want to sell something on Amazon, you need to, you need to use someone who you need to have someone on your team that knows what they're doing. Cause if you're trying to do it yourself, you're likely not going to win. Yeah. Cause a lot of people also think like I put my product, I list it. And from there I should start making money cause everybody's there shopping. Yeah. Well, the reality is for the most part, your brand doesn't mean anything on Amazon until you've reached the first page. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. So for those of you who are just listening for the first time, we are going to do digital marketing roulette. Your, uh, Brandon's going to throw the ball down onto the, uh, the table. It's going to land on a number. That number corresponds with a random question that we're going to ask you, Gabe. Sometimes we all answer the question. I'm excited. What do we got, Brandon? All right. That was number 26. <laughs> Love 26. Uh, all right. This is a new question we've never had before. All right. Lucky me. If you had to delete all of the apps off your phone, but you're allowed to keep three of them. And this excludes pre-installed apps. So if it's already installed, like text messages, those all stay. These are apps that you have to download after you buy the phone. You can only keep three. What are the three apps you're keeping? Well, obviously the Amazon Seller Central app. Is <laughs> it's the first I've heard that answer. Yeah, that's, well, right. yeah. that's what I do <laughs> well, every It's the first time we've asked the question. So. Right? Well, I have asked this other <laughs> places, so that's why I threw it in here. Uh, just because that's what I'm on every day and that's where I work. Um, that's a really good question. Is yeah, there a web-based version? There is. Okay, so you just use the Safari app. or I could, or yeah. Anyway, no, sorry, <laughs> keep going. That's one. You get two more. Any social platforms? YouTube? No, I'm not a big YouTube guy. Instagram? I would probably say Facebook above like Instagram or anything else. Okay, Facebook. Um, There's two. And LinkedIn. I actually do a lot Boring. of LinkedIn. Right? I, I know. Sorry. LinkedIn. Holy cow. I should say some like game or something, but... No I'm Fortnite. Always... No. <laughs> no. What about you, Brandon? Uh, I'm going to go with... I just answered this question, actually. So why can't you... Why are you stalling for time then? Because I need like my photo memory in my head. I need like see it on my phone. Visualize what it was. Okay, Google Podcasts. Hey, does YouTube come okay, might built into your Pixel? Is What is... YouTube, because I have to download that on my Apple device. That's a good question, because YouTube's one of them. I don't remember if it's pre-installed or not. It might be. That's why I'm asking, because you're on the Pixel. Dang, it might be, actually. If well, that's, I mean, that's a, good, because it opens it up one. That's right. You get one slot. I know it comes pre-installed in the Nexus. I think. I don't know. I'm wrong. I'll say it's not. Keep it simple. So I'm going to go with Google Podcasts, uh, YouTube, and Instagram. Instagram's one where you can't really. The web's just not a good. No, you're right. No, you're totally Twitter right. and everything. I can get by with the, the desktop. Those are my three, assuming. And if, if YouTube is a pre-installed app, I'll switch that to Slack because I use nice. that a lot Yeah. on mobile. What do you got? Uh, so Instagram for sure. Uh, I don't need Facebook. I don't need LinkedIn. Um, so, yeah, Instagram. Uh, what else do I use on here? I use uh, Slack, so I'll take Slack. Oh boy, dude, I have no idea. Oh, Goodreads, I'll take Goodreads. I'm on Goodreads a lot. Goodreads, not a reader, so wouldn't be on my list. <laughs> That's right, he doesn't even know how to read. <laughs> he can't read. Yeah, I just watch YouTube videos. Okay, so that was interesting. That was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, all right, let's throw that ball down again. <laughs> this is great practice, I'm actually going to Vegas Saturday, so. Nice. Are you gonna? Are you a, re, a roulette player? I dabble. Dude, I can't hear that at all. You really can't. There like you go. Barely. You didn't hear that? Should I re? <laughs> should I re-roll? No. What did it land on? <laughs> landed on. God, roll that ball again. <laughs> landed on a seven. Lucky seven. <laughs> all right. Dude, why, why can't you make it so it doesn't play again? <laughs> Every time. There's so many things I'm doing here, okay? If people can see what's going on here. <laughs> if you could be any age for the rest of your life, what age would that be? Oh, I do. What, what kind of question is that? That's a good question. Why? I mean, no <laughs> one's going to pick an old age and no one's right. going to pick a super young age. But it's the why. Uh, well, okay. Fine. Okay, sorry. I should. I should. I didn't add that in there. What age would you be, and why? That's the key. So does it, like. I guess you have. You to could say like I, I want to be twenty the like, rest of my life because of this, or I want to be 
45 my whole life or the rest of my life since you've already lived partially part does, like, does, does everything apply like for example if i was to say like 33 like i am now Mm-hmm. Do I have the same job and five kids and and all the no, fun no, no, stuff? No, no, or no. Or is I, it just like? Well, my understanding was, if you pick thirty three and you're out of shape, right? Well, you could you could work out and like get healthy, right? Like, yeah, what my, does age have to do with does my life? Is it just looks? Is it just looks? Like, it depends. Some people might say I want to be young just for looks. Others might want to do it for professional reasons. Others senior discounts at. Village Inn. To to <laughs> get dinner. Like, okay. Okay. I don't know. Right. We're overthinking this. But Half off at IHOP, right? If you had to pick an age where it's like, if I had to be stuck at that age the rest of my life, what would it be? I guess we'll have to say you wait then. You wait until you're 45. You pick 45. Then you pause and you stay there. But if you pick 16, you get to revert back to just being 16. Yeah. That's a great question. I think I'd say. That's not a great question. <sighs> He's being very nice. I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd say great question. I think I'd say like 29 because you're not too young, but you're also not too old. So I'd still be young enough to go do all the fun stuff I want to do without like my knees hurting and stuff. Uh, but I'm not too old to where do your knees hurt now? They do. It's weird, but so they, they've started. <laughs> I'm not that in the old last four years. Yeah. It's cause I started doing that whole CrossFit thing. And okay. So you'd pick 29, uh, not too young, not too old. You'd still get to rent a car. You're, you know, all, right. the, all the age restriction things are, are done with. Except I just learned if you're 35 years old, uh, so the liquor laws in Utah, if you look 35 or older, they don't have to ask for your ID. There you go. I've been told I look like I'm 40 sometimes. Yeah, me too. See, but that's my problem because I look like I'm 16 even though I'm 33, so... So yeehaw. So I'd have to be like, I want to be 50 so that I look like I'm 35 and then I can, yeah. don't get carded. Well, what about you, Brandon? <laughs> Since I asked the question, going 30, which is funny because I'm 30 right now. But the reasons are, it's funny because I'm one year higher than his, but 29 is not for me. It's 30 because I feel like once you're 30, you're taking a little bit more seriously in the professional world. Are, pe- are people taking you more seriously I, now that you've been I 30? hope so. Your birthday's in May? Yeah, almost 31. Okay. Somewhat. It's all, it's all downhill. <laughs> but I feel when you're in your 20-somethings, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how experienced, it's like, eh, it's a 20-something. Then you're in your 30s. Plus, I remember my 30th birthday, I had this realization that, man, in 10 years, I'm going to be 40. Am I really doing like what I want to be doing? Like You kind of ha- get this fire, fire under your butt where you're just like, oh, man, old age is just around the corner. And then you just like have this like fire on you. So if I could just stay at that age... Where I'm always like almost getting old, but then I'm also young, but just old enough to be respected a little bit more. I'll stay there. So let me ask you this. You're the same age. I mean, what does that really mean? Because you're still living and every year goes by. You just, your body doesn't change. We'll say you just like, if someone says, Hey man, how old are you? Do you say you're 30 for the next 50 years? Yeah. Yeah. You do a special guy. See, this is where you overthink the question, and you could argue this is a bad question when you start <laughs> yeah, breaking do. down the logic That's of right. it. Well, let me answer this question just to show you that I'm supportive of you. Thank you. I would probably pick clo- uh, 40. I'm going to say 40 uh, for similar reasons. Uh, one, Brandon, you said people take you more seriously. 30 is still kind of young, you know, like in, in, the, in the world. No, it's not 20. No, no, no. I would pick 30 over 29 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but for the same reasons, you're 40, you can, you can start getting executive level jobs and, uh, you look the part and you know, you, I don't know, you can, you at 30, you're still not considered wise. You know, you're not like wise at 30, not that you're like super wise at 40, but you're 10 years wiser. So I would pick 40. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you can exercise and not hurt. I don't know. All right. Last question. I'll make sure it's good. Well, that's hopeful. Let's hope the ball makes it good. Hey, man, is this your uh, Evian water? Evian? It is, it is not. Uh, that was here before we started recording. All right, this is the question. Last one. Uh, what area of marketing, outside of what you currently do, so if you're doing Amazon marketing, it can't be that, but what area of marketing are you most passionate about right now at this moment? Is there something you've been like just digging into like you want to learn more of or you're just finding awesome success and you want to do more of it yeah in influencer marketing yeah, yeah good i mean answer. i know it's kind of a new thing and it's actually a, 
to tie it into Amazon, it is a really big thing on Amazon right now where they allow so, uh, social influencers to actually promote products and get commissions for it. Um, but I just love the idea that... But they're not leaving reviews. Nope. No, yeah, they can't leave reviews. But I love the idea that somebody can basically create like this cult following and be able to kind of in, get these people to go do things. So and they promote the product period, not the product on Amazon. They're not like directing people to Amazon. No. Yeah. They're, so what they're doing is just building like oh, it's essentially an a page. Yeah. It's affiliate, affiliate type marketing. Yeah. But they're using their social influence to just drive people to buy a product. And have you worked with influencers? We have. Yeah. And is that, so that's a service that you offer. So technically that's actually, um, against the rules to pick because it's a part of your current well, stick. I, I, I accept it. Okay. I accept it. Well, Brandon's the judge. <laughs> it's different enough. The fact, I mean, you could argue that everything in marketing could funnel one way or the other to, uh, to Instagram or sorry, not Instagram. Call Today tracking. Amazon. Amazon. Call tracking? Influencer marketing? No. Tie call tracking to Amazon. Um, <laughs> I sell my uh, products and then I track, I, I, <laughs> I put a billboard for my awesome peanut butter stuff and then people call in and I'm like, awesome. What's and awesome I, peanut butter stuff? I don't know. I sell awesome peanut butter stuff. What's the stuff? Whatever you want to think of. This is a hypothetical product. <laughs> well, I'm not actually selling peanut butter stuff. <laughs> no, because peanut butter stuff is not a real thing. What is peanut butter stuff? We'll say it's a peanut butter bar. Okay. Or peanut butter protein. Okay, mix. all right. That's you what you mean by stuff. No, I don't. I, th I was thinking like peanut butter accessories. Fill in the I don't know. <laughs> peanut no, butter accessories. Then you push fuel to your Amazon page or somehow. I don't know. That one's a stretch. Yeah, that is. But influencer marketing is good enough. No, you're right. Better no. than some of the answers I've heard before. So that's why we've been I doing influencer it. marketing at Vivid for a long time, and it's a nightmare. These really? guys are just so hard to work with. They're oh, they're like love it at Dave Mountain. You like you like working with them, or you like the results? Uh, mainly the results working with them is a breeze though. Like they're so low maintenance. That's because you're working with, uh, we pick the right people to work <laughs> you, with. Right. We're just you're, good you're, working, we you're, you're working with, uh, the, um, the D list, uh, influencers. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? We pay pennies and we make thousands. Is that so right? The ROI is awesome. Yeah, I, we avoid the big people because the big people want too much. The ROI is long term. We're getting short term stuff, man. Nice. Okay. Well, well, we're out of time. Episode. Have me as a guest on it. We'll talk all about. I will. It. I will. T I'll have you on a guest someday. Uh, we're about six weeks out on the calendar, so I'll we'll line up our schedule. <laughs> thank you, Gabe. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, well, we've got to do another Amazon episode. We did not. I feel like we didn't quite scratch the surface about everything that we're doing, but I think there were some really great nuggets in there for anyone looking to either sell products on Amazon or up their game. If you're already on Amazon, okay. Uh, by the way, we are recording at the Stone Sheba. Uh, it's a creator space. If you're looking to start a podcast, uh, feel free to go to thestonesheba.com for more information. If you've enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a positive review on iTunes or any other podcasting platform. Uh, no incentivization going on here. We just ask if you enjoy it, leave a review. Five stars only. That's right. If there's anything less, we will find you. Uh, feel free to reach out. Our email address is inbound at belowthefold.io. Uh, if you want to make uh, recommendations on guests, we've had that happen before. Or if you want to come on yourself or topic ideas or whatever, we're willing to, to, uh, to look at all your recommendations. And that's it. Until next week, we'll catch you below the fold. Bam. Good job, everybody.